If you like audiobooks or audio shows, check out a free trial of Audible. Just click the link in the description. Welcome to Mindshock True Crime. <laughs> this is your host, Bruce McGuire. And Maxwell Powers. And Johnny Mills. And this is another episode of the Elisa Lamb series. Episode 3, Jigsaw Pieces. We're going to be putting pieces of this mystery together from more of a Chinese viewpoint. There were Chinese tourists who investigated themselves, as well as strange posts of Chinese origin, possibly suggesting that someone knew Elisa Lam was in the hotel water tank before the authorities found her. What do you think about that, Ooh. my fellow ah, podcasters? That's what you meant. Okay, got it. My fellow podcasters who are? Maxwell Powers. And Johnny Mills. Okay, so we've done two episodes on this. The Cecil Hotel, our previous episode, obviously a very mysterious and dark place with a lot of problems. So before we get into all of the Chinese stuff, okay, so apparently according to an article or several articles that we've read and police reports, half of the hotel, the rooms in half of the hotel were used by a company for booking backpackers and young travelers at cheap rates. So people describe this as misleading because the advertising kind of made it seem like it was a, more of a high-end place than it was. And it was right at the hotel? That's where their like office was? Well, the hotel is big. So yeah, like part of the hotel, like there was Stay on Main. Like yeah. the whole thing was remodeled, but there were different wings and different rooms, and a company was using the hotel. I mean, I, I'm assuming it was all legal since nothing really came of that, so I guess it was legal. They were just being a little shady with their marketing. And so Elisa Lam and the other people, we still don't really know who the other people were that she was in the room with. Did she know them prior, or was she just booked with them? Mm -hmm. Wait, so that's why they were there? I believe they were all sort of like young travelers or backpackers okay. in the same. Because she was going to like tour the California, right? Like Yeah, but as we said before, the Los Angeles stop was not on her itinerary. Okay. So, and then obviously the shady neighborhood, Skid Row. And so, she, you know, did Elisa Lam know that it was that sketchy of an area? And the hotel, and that aspect of the... I mean, it was almost like a hostile company booking for young travelers and backpackers. So that obviously opens the door. Were there other strange guests there? And then it still doesn't make sense. The two men who gave her the box. That was only mentioned once, though, right? Yeah, in it was one security, article. Security cam footage. Police yeah, the police officer referenced that there was footage of two men. Now, that's never been released. So we spent quite a bit of time so talking is, about that because that's a major curiosity of the case. Do we what, think that's true, though, or just... Uh, so you, Okay, so are you saying the officer could have been lying? Well, it was only mentioned once, and nobody else right. knows about it, right? Well, it's it like in the Moramur case. I mean, a lot of things were mentioned once at the beginning and then never mentioned again. Now, did you have to, like, search really hard to find that, or was it... No, it was actually... It, it was on a major... Uh, when I read it, I told you the source of it. It was a major news. It was a major news operation that reported that. I'm not sure if it was a Canadian news site, but it was like a major site. It wasn't some obscure blog somewhere. She's from Canada, right? Yes. That's more likely for it to be true, right? Because they're not going to get the Canadian authorities in on the conspiracy, if there's a conspiracy, right? Hmm. So if the local... I'm not sure. I don't know if the local LAPD ever mentioned it, but they must have told the Canadian authorities. Yeah. 
So, yeah, a lot of things we don't know. So, major bombshell article. This is on ibtimes.co.uk. Elisa Lam death. Did someone know of body in Cecil Hotel's water tank? So this was posted, this was written by Drish Nair on May 18th, 2013. Over three months since the death of Canadian tourist Elisa Lam, the truth remains elusive. The 21-year-old was found dead in the rooftop water tank of Los Angeles' Cecil Hotel after maintenance workers investigated the cause of low water pressure in the building's supply. The autopsy result proved inconclusive, and a toxicology assessment was subsequently called for. That report has yet to be filed even though the investigation began in February. And then remember all the strangeness with the autopsy report? Like they released it, then they changed the cause. I mean, it was just a big bungling in that aspect as well. As the few mysterious details of Elisa Lam's death began circulating on the internet, a number of conspiracy theories surfaced, including reports of the Cecil Hotel's long history of suicides, murders, and unsolved deaths. Now, posts on a Chinese social networking site have muddied the waters further with an unidentified person credited with this comment. Quote, Elisa Lam is in hotel water tank. Seems no life. Hurry up. Parentheses to find her. End quote. So this was posted in Chinese. That's the translation. That was a, what was that timestamp? So the post was shared on a Facebook page belonging to Lu Zinan. Zinan claims to be a student of China's Tianjin Polytechnic University. So the date on the post is actually February 18th. So someone actually, this wasn't, this was posted on Facebook. And the official date where they did find her was February 19th, the day after that. But when was that released? So I believe on Facebook, somebody posted this April 30th, 2013. So they posted this post from a Chinese site where someone said that and, on the 18th, and the timestamp is on there. Now, this, I mean, I guess they could have faked it. This could all be faked. But can but you go to the site and actually see the that The Chinese post? social networking site? Yeah. Huh. On so, Facebook, it's just, you can go on that Facebook, but I, I do not see a link to the original Chinese networking site. It's a screenshot. It's all in Chinese, but... Hmm. That's interesting. So yeah. maybe that was one of her friends or like what? Like It's possible. Did, I mean, how and why was it shared all this time later? I'm wondering if it's uh, somebody messing around. But it, A lot of what, cases what, bring what out crack but it's in, What date was it shared? In, so this was... It was... The original post was February 18th. This was shared April 30th, 2013. She was... When was she die? When did she die again? That's 2013, right? That same year. So she was. So she was found on February 19th, 19th 2013. Yes. Okay. On the 18th, someone posted this on a Chinese social networking site. On April 30th, someone posted this on Facebook of the original Chinese networking post. And it's still on Facebook to this day. Like you're looking at the actual Facebook post. Yes, I'm yeah, looking yeah. at it right now. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah, so I don't see a link to the original site though. Yeah, that would be. Is there comments? 
are there comments on that post? Maybe somebody linked to the actual site. If it was the killer, why why would they why would they post it? Why would they share that? Or did he share it by mistake too early or something? Well, the, I'm assuming the person who shared that post on Facebook is not the person who wrote that on the social media site. <laughs> so if the killer posted this on the Chinese or someone who accidentally there was an accident. Maybe there was a drinking buddy. She fell in the tank. I mean, there's still so many problems because of her clothes. Oh, yeah, like they could have been partying up top or uh, like whatever okay. it was. I could see that. And then they, they posted trend. that for help. Obviously, I mean, not uh, obvious, but I'm see, assuming see. someone else shared that post, especially mm-hmm. all that time later. Still doesn't explain the weirdness with the elevator. <laughs> well, we're not. let's not get into that. <laughs> That's, uh, so that's if you weird. can check, you can check for the uh, the comments. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Are there that? This is all I got. So you can <laughs> see. Is there oh. more to it or? Yeah, that's weird. How did you even find this? There's only one. There's like no reactions to this post. Well, that's mysterious, also, isn't there? There's only one like on it. Huh. Huh. Well, this lady did her research, Miss Nair. So. Is she, so the rest of the article, is the original post genuine? Did the writer know Elisa Lam was in the hotel water tank, possibly still alive? Could she have been saved? As of now, all of this is mere speculation. Amateur investigators such as those on a forum called My Death Space are skeptical, and rightly so. For one thing, if true, it remains to be seen how the unknown poster knew Elisa Lam was in the water tank in the first place, and would not a more direct appeal to hotel security or staff or police been the easier choice? At this point, the more probable explanation is that the post is a hoax manufactured by altering the date and time of the post. Chinese investigations. Meanwhile, a blog operated by Peter Terius Liu a writer of journals and magazines has a video from an unidentified Chinese tourist who vi- who visited the Cecil Hotel after the Elisa Lam incident and videotaped his inquiries. The recording shows the lobby, the hallways, the elevator, and the water tank, as well as other areas, and tries to answer a few basic questions, such as line of sight from within and outside the elevator, footage from a security cam video in the elevator, showed Elisa Lam behaving strangely, on the last day she was seen alive. The young woman almost appeared to be hiding from someone or something. Okay, so I haven't heard too much about this post, so it would be interesting to run it through Photoshop or whatever to see if any of the layers were changed and see if it was edited. Not that it would prove it, because, I mean, we're in 2018 now. I guess you could probably Photoshop it pretty good so it wouldn't be noticed, but... Well, that was posted 2013, though. That fo- Oh, was that photo posted now, though? No, 2013. Twenty That photo on Facebook. Right. No, but I'm just saying... Oh, and yeah. then but if it was edited in 2013... Yeah, but even 2013, they so, might have edited it really well. Yeah. But, um, yeah, even if it's uploaded to Facebook, they might strip certain things. So you wouldn't even be able to oh, see. Yeah. It's not the original file. Yes, true. True. Difficult unless like, it was super so unless it was super sloppy, like it like, wouldn't necessarily be like how NASA does when they put the, the, the <laughs> oh, Earth man. in there. There's like different <laughs> layers you can see, like <laughs> going down that rabbit hole, Johnny. <laughs> that that would be interesting, yeah. So this is the translation of the Chinese tourists. So this was originally in Cantonese. 
So, from the autopsy, it has been deduced that Elisa Lam died on the 1st of February. The guy and his companions still feel that an inspection and test of the elevator controls are of importance in concluding this case. They conducted tests at the hotel themselves. First test, the length of time the elevator stays open after the door hold is pressed. We found that when pressed, the elevator door stays open for nearly two minutes before closing. Besides, our test concluded that if the elevator door is going to shut and one presses door hold, there is a lapse of about 0.5 to 1 second before the door will open again and after that will stay open for nearly two minutes before closing. So does that answer any questions about the elevator malfunctioning? So if there's a two minute normal hold. Yeah. That's that's a pain of a, an And then elevator. if she keeps triggering the sensor for it Wait, to so you're telling me every time people use that they would have they have to wait two minutes just to that's get what to... these tourists have found yes when they invest oh my god <laughs> yeah it's, it's a little bit of time that must drive people crazy are, are, there, I mean, are there two elevator uh things in there or just one so the other elevator wasn't working is that what we read from the other person who stayed at the hotel at that time johnny do you remember the other elevator was not working so this was the only elevator that was operational I don't remember. I just know yeah. that if you hit the button, they don't both open. Just one opens. Yes. So. Ah, okay. We also found that if we were on the 14th floor, pressing the 14th floor button will result in the button lighting up green and then going off immediately. Pressing the 10th floor button will result in the button lighting up red. We can thus conclude that in Elisa's CCTV footage, in the instance when the door was going to shut and then reopen again, it was because Elisa had pressed door hold. I personally found the door hold button to be quite hard to notice on first sight and had to study the panel to see where it is, since Elisa seemed to be pressing all the buttons down the middle row without studying it carefully. Before pressing, she must have pressed the door hold button unintentionally. There was no strange odor in the 14th floor nor in the lift, not discounting the possibility that the hotel already deep cleaned the entire area after the incident. I'm not sure exactly what he's referring to because that, that floor was, was that floor flooded or was the different floor flooded? Because there was the, the, remember, the other guests reported the flooding of the floor yeah. and also the other guests reported noises above in his room. Maxwell, you're on top of all this. Right? I, don't, <laughs> I don't remember the flooding. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But I don't, I'm not sure why he's referencing the odor then. Because we were also talking about ghosts and haunting. So, like, is there normally, like, a, a sulfur odor <laughs> in paranormal cases? I don't know what... The, so, I'm not sure exactly what he's referring to. When Elisa... Or, or just the water the contaminated water making it smell bad and the whole hotel, I don't know. When Elisa stepped back into the lift a second time and pressed all the buttons again, she must have unintentionally pressed the door hold button again, which left the door open for an extended period. The buttons outside of the elevator are located on the wall gap between the two elevators. According to Elisa's CCTV, she must have been in the left elevator. According to my own opinion, Elisa was definitely on the 14th floor in the video. The reason is as follows the top button she pressed on the middle panel's uh, on the panel's middle row lit up and then went off some people on the web have questioned why if elisa was on the 14th floor would she then press the 14th floor button in the elevator my personal opinion is one 
At the time Elisa was in the elevator, she didn't look at the button panel carefully before pressing the buttons. She was just pressing the buttons whimfully, playfully. Therefore, she didn't care which buttons she pressed or how many of them were pressed. I'm not sure if he's refer- if he remembers the fact that uh, Elisa didn't have her glasses. Yeah, Remember it seems she like she couldn't them? see her eyes were like yes. right oh, yeah, yeah, pressed against. So I'm not sure if he knows about this or not. Elisa may not be in her full mental capacity at that time. So this is two. Elisa may not be in her full mental capacity at that time. That does not have to mean drugs or intoxication. Sometimes just a simple absent-mindedness in people can also cause people to do things like this. That's pretty interesting. Sometimes when the frame rate is played back at the normal frame rate, (laughs) it looks perfectly normal. (laughs) More normal, yeah. (laughs) Guy then, okay, so he posted a few photographs of all the floors and... Elisa's video, we see that after she left the elevator, the elevator door closed and went down a few stories. Then the door opens again, then closes. The door opens again, then closes. In the pictures posted, we can clearly see comparisons of the video clips with how views opposite the elevator doors actually look like. We can thus deduce that after Elisa leaves, the door closes and then when the door reopens, the elevator is on the 10th floor. Then the elevator door closes again, and when it reopens a second time, the elevator is now on the 7th floor. As we can see, our previous conclusions were right. Elisa Lam was on the 14th floor in the video. So please, can all our friends on the web stop questioning whether Elisa was on the 14th floor or not? So... Continuing the translation, let's look at some of the photos of the 14th floor. Opposite the elevator, there is a mirror, but because of the E-shaped structure of the building, the mirror isn't actually located in a position directly opposite the spot in between both elevators. In fact, a big part of the mirror is on the spot opposite the right elevator. When one looks outward from the left elevator door, one can only see mostly an expanse of wall. One must actually stretch one's head out more when peering out of the elevator door to see the distinctive form of the right side of the building's interior. In the second and third pics, we show the corridors on both sides of the elevators on the 14th floor. We can see from these pictures that there are no surveillance cameras on either side of the corridors outside the elevators. I have personally searched through the entire of the 14th floor. I have not found a single surveillance camera in all the common areas of the 14th floor. So remember we were talking about that, if there were any other surveillance cameras on the floor? This guy said there's none, and he looked all over. So just the elevator. Just the elevator. They were removed after she died. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) Even the hotel lobby did not appear to have any obvious surveillance cameras even though it is commonplace or standard for hotel lobbies in california to have surveillance cameras in the lobby perhaps i have just been unable to find them in the lobby and they were there all along they must have been right because if that police officer was saying that two men gave elisa lamb a box what where's that video Mm -hmm. unless like you said they made it up for some reason why would they make that up it's just really weird like what's with the box What's with the two guys and who were they? I know, like they are two guys. It's like some and horror movie where it's like some horror movie where someone gets Pandora's box and then <laughs> bad things happen. Ugh. Oh, here we go. But I have seen one surveillance camera at the back door of the hotel. So if they had one at the back door, they probably had one in the lobby. And he and he he even says he might have just not been able to see them. There's got to be more than just the elevator, though, right? 
Yeah, but we never. Well, seen, he said we, there's we've another never camera seen, at the back door. We've never seen footage besides the elevator. Right? Correct. Nothing other than the elevator. Than okay. He said he did find one at the back door of the hotel. So I guess they could have been giving her a box at the back door of the hotel. <laughs> Unlikely. There's probably one in the lobby, and he couldn't find it. Or like you said, it was removed for some reason. <laughs> afterwards. On the left side of the elevator along the corridor, there is one residential hotel room. According to my investigation, this hotel utilizes all its available space to the max, i.e. everywhere you go in the hotel, there are guest rooms everywhere, including even in the area to the left of the lift next to the stairs. Etc. Therefore, I can deduce the following. One, some commenters on the web said Elisa could have been pursued by an assailant after she exited the lift, which I initially agree, uh, disagreed upon. Upon arriving here at the hotel, I have more reason to believe that I was very, that it was very unlikely she was pursued by an assailant, as there are guest rooms in every single nook and cranny of the hotel. It is very unlikely that an assailant would risk being found out by pursuing Elisa in such a public space where any commotion can easily be heard by people staying in the rooms, and where, if Elisa screamed, someone would very possibly have heard her. Two, someone suggested perhaps Elisa saw something she was not supposed to see, a crime being committed, etc., and therefore was silenced by the perpetrators to keep her from ratting out to someone. I said the probability of that is also low. From being here at the hotel, I can't see how anyone would want to risk being discovered by committing a crime in such a public area where there are guest rooms everywhere and the chances of discovery was so high. Just a quick counterpoint to that, though. Someone didn't necessarily have to plan to commit a crime, you know. Somebody got mad, or if there was some mm. kind of emotional situation, I agree. They, they nobody would plan to do it, but if it just happened to be going on and she saw it, I'm not saying that's what happened, but yeah. I still think it's at least a very slight possibility. So, what could have possibly happened to Elisa? Test two: retracing Elisa's steps in the elevator. From our test, we conclude that it was most likely Elisa was conversing with someone standing on the right side of the elevator she was in. But then, why did Elisa exit the elevator to the left and walked off to the left? As we can see from the diagrams, the up-down panel outside the elevators was located in the wall gap in between both elevators. In the video, Elisa noticeably sticks her head out of the lift at first, looking to the right. This clearly shows there was something to the right of the lift that caused her to focus her attention there first. And that's what I think. Did, what did you guys think? That somebody was to the right side of her or no? Because when she's moving her hands, it looks like she's explaining something to someone, like the elevator's not working. Yeah, it looks did like she, somebody's to the is right. Is it possible she looked to the right to look at the on like the, the down, up buttons? I don't know. I don't remember the video. I'll watch it. Like, she I, was out I of the elevator. She like, oh, she didn't like peek out like this? Well, she. I think she did a quick like this, and then after came back yeah, in and then did. went yes. out. And then actually turned her so body towards the right. So she peeked left, right, and left, and then it came, went out. Hmm. And then she also did that stomp to make noise. Yeah, for, yeah, yeah. For whatever reason. Hmm. Okay, below is an explanation of what could have happened during Elisa's elevator video. As we can see from the picture below, picture of Carter outside elevator and stairs shown, this hotel does not have designated stairwell areas for stairs. In fact, in this hotel, it is more of an open plan design where the stairs are integrated into the common areas. Once a person exits the elevator, after walking a few steps, about three meters, whether to the left or to the right of the elevators, one bypasses a door and see the stairs straight away. 
As we can see, the floor heights in the hotel are pretty low, so it doesn't take much stair climbing to go from one floor to the next. It takes about three seconds if one walks quickly. That's also pretty interesting. We didn't really talk about Wait, someone... three seconds from the elevator to the stairs? Or to go from between one each floor, floor to the next floor. Oh, okay, wow. So basically really low ceilings. Three seconds. If one walks quickly. Yeah. So if you're like moving pretty briskly. That's so, pretty interesting. We didn't really talk about that. If she took the stairs or someone else took the stairs, and if that video is edited, is there mm. a person who walks across the elevator in view of the security camera and that footage was removed hmm. and they took the stairs? So three seconds to the stairs from the elevator? Uh, from each floor. So if you go from so floor 13 <laughs> to 14, it takes three seconds if you take the stairs. Three seconds. Yeah. <laughs> One, that was two, the question. Just one, asked. two, three. You're on Done. the next floor. One, two, three, and another floor. Yeah. If you move pretty quick, though, not if you're taking if you're, your time. If you're an athlete, not a. Well, if you just have a reason, to, if you're hurrying, somewhat. Like if you're getting killed or something. Well, you probably <laughs> might even be faster than that. It says quickly, not not max, not not as fast as you can. Mm. So you could probably do it in like two and a half seconds if you're Wait, like... Wait, so why, why would that be significant, significant again? Because if they're going up and down floors, they don't necessarily have to be in the elevator. So if something's going okay. on, either Elisa or someone else could have taken the stairs to get to that floor. Hmm. She didn't have to ride the elevator to that floor. We don't know. So I think that could be very... I mean, that seems like it could be very significant. And then we also don't know what day that elevator footage was. It doesn't. It was mean... day before. Uh, supposedly, it was the day before, right? She was there for a few days, right? Yeah. So she was supposed to check out the day before uh, that day, and she didn't. Or maybe she did. We talked about this, right? Maybe she did, but then she went back up to see somebody hmm. on the fourteenth floor. A lot of unanswered questions here. So, test three. It didn't take more than a minute for Brandon, my companion, to reach the top floor alarmed door by climbing the stairs from the 14th floor from the fourth floor all the way up to the top floor alarmed door it didn't take more than four minutes conclusion of test three if the murderer wanted to move alisa's body up to the roof going by the stairs is an extremely quick and effective way of doing so but from the layout of the hotel floors we know also that there are guest rooms all around the vicinity of the stairs hence it would be really easy to be discovered doing so by hotel guests residents or staff i'm not sure about that because if it's like like 3 a.m i mean there's probably people going to and from the rooms but it can't be that i mean i think it would be possible to have a few minute window where someone could at least attempt to do that if they felt confident in doing so. And For plus, example, if it's the janitor and he mm. routinely walks all those floors at, let's say, between 2.30 and 3.30 a.m., and in, let's say he's worked there for a year or two, if he's never seen anybody ever mm -hmm. in that little and, window, And I plus don't know. it's a sketchy place. People might see something and not say anything. Yeah, that's also true. And if it was someone that worked there, they might have even known if anybody wasn't in the room at the time. Because if someone just checked out and nobody checked in yet, if they somehow knew the details of the rooms that were close by to their path. And what's even crazier is if this murderer has repeatedly killed guests and done this, <laughs> he would have experience and practice doing it at times and nobody's seen him. So I don't know if we can automatically say it's impossible because someone would be afraid of being discovered by hotel guests. That is interesting, though, because like if the person worked there... If, let's say she was killed, 
and the person worked at the hotel, they could have just put her in one of the hotel rooms that were not occupied. Yes. Mm. Did and we then, talk about that or no? I don't know. And then I don't think we. I don't know. Maybe we Especially did. Especially if it was kind of close to the to the top, because then they wouldn't. And then they could just wait until there was a lull of activity, or and you'd still probably never know who did it. Because yeah. oh, she was just staying there. Maybe the thing. Wait, all, wait, wait. The, you're you're saying that she sh- uh, the killer should have or could have could have or. I'm saying it probably would be make more, more sense, yeah. more sense to put her in a room in a, um, if somebody at the hotel actually did it as a, a yeah. like an employee. <laughs> but here's the problem with all of these: unless that employee also had an in with the security at the hotel, who removed the frames from the security video? Because no matter which theory we go by, there seems to be a problem with it. It's almost like more Murray. Mm. <laughs> like yeah. if we're going by, it's the janitor or. Or someone who worked at the hotel, or one of the janitorial staff, or one of the security, hmm. or one of the a cleaning lady. <laughs> so, if they did that, would they have the pull to edit the video? <laughs> Unless know. the video was edited for a different reason. I guess if the video was edited for a different reason, like there was a, a guest there that didn't want to be identified, and somehow they knew for a hundred percent they weren't involved. I guess they could have removed it, and then it could still be the situation where they put her in a room and. And then went up. So I guess so, I guess both could be true. So the leaking uh, from the ceiling, what was the timeline on that? There was a wasn't there a water leaking into somebody's room? Was that from the flooded from the flooded uh, floor? Yeah. Well, you know what's weird? We didn't talk about this. What if that was unrelated? Because this is an old hotel. We didn't really consider the possibility. What if? I mean, even the water being black or tasting, like, again, did we have a 100% report on that? Because what if that was unrelated? Like, how often does that normally happen at that hotel? Like, if that's never happened ever, then yes. that. But just for this, yeah, that makes sense. But just for this, was it like, was the water leak after she was missing or... I believe so. I believe it was, yeah, it was after the... What if she first... was in a room, somebody had her in a room and, like, drowned her in, a ho- in like, the tub or something, and then it just over-flooded? And then they moved her somewhere else, obviously. And that's why her. the floor flooded? Maybe. And then they put the body in the hotel tank? And it's kind of crazy to think about, but... <laughs> I guess wait, that... Wait, wait, that, the, that... Oh, here's the other oh, problem. Wait, why fl- was the autopsy report changed and delayed so many times? Because if she was, if she was like, let's say somebody grabbed her by the neck and drowned her, there would be... Yeah. Autopsy... They, you, you would know, see, you it, would it, see it, it yeah. yeah. It would be listed as a thing, right? Yeah. But she, she all she had was bloating, right? As and as then didn't drowning. she also have some sort of uh, something in her genital area? I think it was just a normal rectal condition associated with drowning. I think. Oh. But I think they also said it might be difficult to to tell if that was from rape or drowning. And then she was found in the tank. With everything, but her clothes were off. Yes. As so, it makes sense that somebody would have probably thrown her in there. She didn't have her clothes on, and then it just magically well, came one, off. the people who the people who think she was having an episode, a mental episode of some kind, a psychotic episode, they think she jumped in and then she took her clothes off while she was in the tank. Yeah, because that could account for that. It's weird. But, we talked about that. Yeah. So we, yeah, it's it's weird. Hmm. So we don't know. So test three, 
Therefore, we can deduce that the likelihood of Elisa being pursued by an assailant is very low because the stairs are so close to the guest rooms that anything happening here would be easily detected or heard by anyone in the hotel. We then went up to the roof and went up to the water tank area. Some people online have said that if Elisa accidentally pressed door hold, she would have rectified it by pressing door close. So why didn't she? We have already explained previously that Elisa thought there was someone else outside the elevator pressing buttons. Normally, if we enter a lift and then the lift door opened again after we thought it would close, we would naturally assume someone is outside the lift making the door open again. That's why Elisa stuck her head out to see if anyone was there. Besides, we have deduced that perhaps Elisa never really wanted to go to downstairs in the lift anyway. Perhaps she was actually playing a game, having fun, or flirting with someone and playing hide-and-seek or hard-to-get. <laughs> Lastly, can people please stop posting up fake scary pictures allegedly to be of Elisa? Someone just posted a picture saying that it was a self-portrait photo Elisa took of herself whilst in the hotel. If things are going to proceed along those lines, one might as well put on a face mask and take a photo of oneself, put it online, and claim that that is the picture of the alleged murderer taken right after one has killed Elisa, with maybe someone posing as dead Elisa lying in the background of a photo with red lips that betray the authenticity of the poster. This case brings out a lot of weirdos, I guess. I find it disgraceful <laughs> that people out there are trying to spook our online readers with fake spooky pictures like this. Spooky. Okay. All right, so me and Brandon finally reached the roof. Before we did this, we looked at the roof floor plan and saw that there are three fire escape stairs in the hotel. But I thought that the fire escape stairs on the front of the building as well as the middle of the building are not that worth trying. So me and Brandon decided to take the fire escape stairs at the back of the hotel on the part of the hotel building marked C on the floor plan shown in the photo. This is the reason why I chose the fire escape stairs on part C of the hotel. On part A of the hotel, the fire escape stairs face the main street. And opposite the hotel, there are several skyscrapers. On part B of the hotel, the fire escape stairs are directly facing the guest residential rooms. On part C of the hotel, therefore it is most likely that the perpetrator and Elisa used the fire escape stairs on part C of the hotel for privacy. Face, although, I don't know, if we're talking about 3 o'clock in the morning... Does it matter? I don't know. Is that Face when that footage was? No, we don't know. That footage wasn't that footage around midnight, or just after midnight. Oh, we never, we never. I don't said. think you could see the time. I don't think you could. It's all blurred out. Crap quality. Okay, so you're right. We don't have an exact time on the video, but it, the police released it. They said it was on February first, and her checkout day, date I think was the thirty first. So. That might be after midnight or so that it was that the that video was taken. So she shouldn't have been there. Yeah, we talked about this in the other podcast. I don't remember. There's that. a strange. Really? Yeah, there's there's strange. There's always weirdness with the timeline. So she why. checked out, and like well, possibly... we don't know that she checked out. She was supposed to check out. Okay. Thirty first. So she may or may not. They could. They know that, right? Of the course. They, yeah, but I don't. They. I don't think they said though. Nobody's ever said. There's a lot of silence on this case as well. We should just go there and investigate. She mind check on location. I mean, it's it's only a few blocks away. Yeah, right. Hmm. All right. Actually, it's a little more than a few blocks, but all right. So 
Facing the fire escape stairs on part C of the hotel is a car park and some lower buildings. No other high-rise buildings facing these stairs for another good 1,000 meters or so. Therefore, for any crime to take place on these fire escape stairs at night, the likelihood of being seen by someone is very minimal. Okay. So then obviously we looked at that tourist video. So as can be seen on the video, one, going up to the roof is not a difficult accomplishment. You just need the guts to do it because the ladder that leads to the roof from the fire escape stairs is completely vertical. Those who are afraid of heights or are timid would probably not dare to attempt climbing it. So could someone climb it with a body? <laughs> I would have a hard time with that. Two, in uh, okay, we haven't talked about the graffiti, I don't think. We might need a dedicated episode on that. So, but he makes this point too. In regards to the graffiti, we can see several areas on the roof which have graffiti on them. We can thus surmise, I like this translation of Chinese, of Cantonese, we can thus surmise <laughs> that quite a few people have climbed up to the roof. As regards to the rumors that surfaced on the internet about claims that Elisa's death was some cult or satanic murder, DWBs, Maxwell, <laughs> we think the likelihood is quite low. Reason being that if it was indeed cult or satanic related, then there should only be a few graffiti marks up here confined to one or two areas that all relate distinctively to this cult or satanic practice. Yet we saw a variety of different graffiti made in several different spots on the roof, which thus leads us to conclude that these graffiti were more likely the works of hotel staff, guests, or residents in the hotel. Now, I kind of disagree with that point because why can't a cult or satanic practitioner, possibly someone who works at the hotel, why wouldn't they add their own graffiti in addition to the, like, why is this an either-or situation? Black and white fallacy, Maxwell. Hmm. There could be people who, who graffiti the roof and then also a Satanist who put his piece of graffiti on the roof as well. Yeah. Why is it mutually exclusive? Can't know. graffiti artists and cult or satanic people both use graffiti? Did they say that? or they're just No, this is my, this yeah, is my interpretation of their claim. This is my re rebuttal. Okay. to him claiming that he doesn't think it's satanic because there's different groups of graffiti. Mm. Saying that a lot of people graffiti it. I would say that probably increases the chances that, because if it's a high graffiti area, wouldn't a cult or Satanist also graffiti something in a high Unless they wanted exclusivity. I don't know. We need an expert on cult graffiti. Johnny? <laughs> <laughs> Were you a Satanist in your past life? <laughs> Possibly. You never know. So, well, what do we think of the graffiti? Is it complete? Like some of the graffiti is interesting. We have to do a dedicated episode on it because I mean, some it, seems, of it, it seems irrelevant. Some of it what do you say? References. Some of it makes references to. Uh, oh, okay, so know, like some, like there's symbolic, a symbology. Yeah, yeah. Okay, got so, it. Um, but I mean, it doesn't really prove anything because some sick psycho could have climbed up and made graffiti relating to the Elisa Lamb death. There was a timeline issue with some of it though. On Brain Scratch, pr pretty good, uh, pretty good YouTube channel, or Lord and Arts is the channel. And he has a series called Brain Scratch. He covered Elisa Lamb pretty well on it. He tackled the timeline a little bit because I think some of the graffiti was there before they found the body that might have had some symbolism to Elisa. But we'll investigate the exact details of that in another episode. 
Three, the loft attic up on the roof is for elevator equipment and storage. It has two levels within it, upper and lower level. The upper level of this room is locked. The sound of machine humming can be heard coming from it. This is for the machinery. The lower level of the loft attic is not locked. Very dark inside with no light. There is a large ventilation pipe inside. On the floor is some black plastic bag and some trash. Going back to what you said about stashing her body in a hotel room, somebody could have stashed her body right That's there true. too, right? Yeah. Because it's not even locked, or at least it wasn't when, when this guy looked at him. Okay, according to the video, we can glean the following information and conclusions. One, if Elisa and the perp willingly went up to the roof in the first place, it wouldn't be difficult to dispose of her body in the tank. Two, if the perp had moved her body to the roof from downstairs by carrying her on his back, for example, it is difficult, but not impossible. After considering the possible risk of accident mishap from carrying me on his back and attempting to transport me up to the roof from below, me and Brandon decided to abandon our initial plan to test drive the theory that Elisa's body could have been carried up to the rooftop by the perp, wanting to dispose of her body. Three, there was really a lot of different graffiti on the rooftop, which lowers the probability that this was any, in any way satanic or cult-related. I'm not sure you can make that jump, but that's what he said. Four, there is a loft attic on the rooftop, which makes it possible that Elisa could have been imprisoned there for a while before her death. We didn't talk about that, so she was kept alive. That's kind of creepy. <laughs> okay. Five, it can be seen that police and other personnel were standing by the door of the loft attic, so I believe that the police have already checked around the lower unlocked level of the loft attic. Although both upper and lower levels of the attic had their doors shut, I was able to open the door to the lower level. Inside here, there is a large ventilation pipe and lots of different tools. I tried opening the door to the upper level of the loft or attic. It was locked. Okay, he, had an, he posted another video with, which has to do with the water tanks. From this video, we can glean the following information. One, there is a ladder right beside the tank where Elisa was found. This wooden ladder looks very old. It looks very weather-beaten. Therefore, it must have been left here permanently. I climbed up this ladder with ease. And upon closer inspection, it seems this ladder has never been moved from this spot. This can explain why Elisa's body was found in this particular tank, because the wooden ladder is always right next to it. Two, at the bottom portion of this water tank, there is an outlet where the water flows out into the rest of the hotel. This water outlet does not measure any larger than one palm width across, the diameter not more than 10 centimeters across. Police say that the likelihood of Elisa's clothing being sucked into this outlet is very minimal. If her clothes did get sucked out through this outlet, it would result in pipe blockage. At the top of the water tank, there is a piped outlet from where, to, where water flows into the tank. As per our web friends have suggested, another way of getting to the top of this water tank is via the red ladder on the side of the loft attic. I climbed up this la ladder rather easily. It is nearly 90 degrees vertical, but with a slight incline. But if one tried to carry the corpse on one's back and climb this red ladder, it is more difficult. More difficult than climbing up the wooden ladder on the side of the water tank. After coming up to the roof of the attic and loft, I noticed that the television receiver and the chimney all had some graffiti written on them. After walking to the side of the roof at the attic loft, I can see the top of the water tank. This tank is located the closest from the side of the roof of the attic loft. There is a drop from here to the water tank of a maximum of two meters. It is not hard to go down to the water tank from here. Also, as Brandon said to me, it would be possible to lower the body down into the water tank 
from the rooftop edge of the attic loft. Because this water tank is the closest to the loft attic, the other tanks are further away. Regardless of the fact, it is still considerably difficult to attempt such a feat. However, one could also first climb down from the attic loft rooftop edge onto the water tank first before disposing of the body in the tank. This is the water tank next to the one Elisa was found in. It had a lid on, but the lid is not locked. From my observation, the lids on the other water on the outer water tanks appear to be slightly smaller in size compared to the lids on the tanks closer to the attic loft building. We also discovered two more things while standing on the roof of the attic loft. This isn't translating as while standing, whilst standing. <laughs> Yes, we found empty beer bottles on the roof of the attic loft building, one under the chimney, the other under the dish. My first thought, someone had been drinking at this spot. Ooh. My second thought, <laughs> could Elisa have been to this very spot to drink too? Ooh. My third thought. Getting interesting. My third thought, such crucial evidence might have have Elisa's fingerprints on them. Why didn't the LAPD take them back for further investigation? Wait, what'd you say? That's a good question. Why didn't they? He's saying if if those bottles could those bottles have been drank by Elisa if she well, wanted to Well, how 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 long after did he uh, go investigate that? I don't have a date here, but I I think it was pretty soon after, so we're probably looking at weeks. Cuz those bottles could they have been could there be from new. the night before. Yeah, they could have been. We don't know. My fourth thought, no matter whether the police had taken all the evidence back or whether the police failed to find these two pieces of evidence, why would there still be people coming up to the rooftop of the Attiker loft to drink after the discovery of Elisa's body here? Any thoughts, Maxwell? Wait, you're, why do you think people are still hanging out on the rooftop drinking. after the... Yeah. Probably just habit... Um, these are the usual what, people so that hang that, out. Would that deter you? Like, let's say you were a janitor that had nothing to do with Lisa um, Lamb's murder. Would it deter me? I would be like kind of fascinated if like hanging out with my friend or my friends. I guess like, you'd be fascinated to hang out. Um, so, John, like, so I'd Johnny, be, it, like if, it would be let's like say, a, Johnny. Let's say you're you're an creepy. innocent you're an you're an innocent janitor at the hotel. After Elisa's bodies was found there, would you still go up to that spot to drink? No. Maxwell said it would. <laughs> Maxwell said it would intrigue him more, and he'd be more likely to go up to drink at that spot. Oh, I guess um, he, maybe it yeah, depends on how, yeah, how if this guy's like a serial killer. He wants to just hang out with his thing that he just. Killed. Yeah, if he's a killer, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There'd be no deterrent. He would still go up there and drink because that's what he always does. If it's not, if it's an innocent person, would Elisa's uh, body being found there? Would that be too creepy to go up there and hang out and drink after the fact? I, the only the only the only deterrent for me what like the thing that you brought up which I didn't think about which is kind of messed up is like being blamed for the murder no nothing let's say you wouldn't be but I, I just wouldn't want I wouldn't want to drink there I'd be intrigued I'd be like oh my god that's that's where the girl died and Johnny you wouldn't you wouldn't go up there it would be it would be I like know, it would I be know. almost exciting because I don't know yeah I definitely wouldn't uh, yeah I don't think as I would a person as person uh, who I am I'm a sick bastard <laughs> <laughs> okay so here's his fifth thought after such a grim discovery at the hotel who would still wish to come up here to have a drink other than the murderer himself my above thoughts are not comforting and throw up lots of suspicion if the police cannot even find such crucial evidence, if the police failed to bring crucial evidence back for further tests, investigations, then what can we say about the competency of the LAPD? 
Are they doing their jobs properly? If the police did not find such evidence when they were searching this place, if this evidence wasn't present at the time, then who else would still dare to come up here, have a drink apart from the murder himself? Coming back to where the murder has taken place in order to relive or savor the murder scene in his head all over again? If that's the case, then how sick is this murderer indeed? We are almost finished with our field report of the Cecil Hotel. I will have more pictures that I haven't put up, but if anyone is interested, I will supply these additional pictures to them. Hopefully the reader would have gotten some useful bits of information from what we have shown here. Before this trip, there were a lot of ifs and imaginary scenarios offered to us. As our investigation deepens, we will come upon different ideas and follow different leads. This is a good thing. As for me and Brandon, we have developed our own inferences from our field work today. Let me list them below. First of all, however, let me answer a few questions from our friends online. One, the question of Elisa's footwear or sandals. The hotel does not provide sandals or flip-flops for guests, so the sandals or flip-flops she wears in the video cannot have been given to her by the hotel. Two, the M level of the building is the mezzanine area. It is right above the lobby. There is a canteen and a lounge. The B level is the basement. When we reached the B level, we could hear sounds of hotel staff chatting and laughing. Before we went, it was suggested to us there might be a room on the 15th floor where Elisa's body was stored. I wonder who suggested that to them. We investigated the 15th floor ourselves and did not find any such suspicious room. There are three. There are reports saying that Elisa's body was found with all four limbs broken. Upon investigation, I found that there were no official reports of Elisa's limbs being broken. There was only official reports saying that Elisa's limbs looked abnormal, which may be a result of her body being suspended in water and subject to water currents for an exterior piece of, for an extended period of time. How much currents is there in the tank? There might be like the tide changes and waves. I don't know what currents he's talking about. It would be dead still, right? Well, I mean, there's water moving into and out of the tank. So, I mean, is that enough? How high of a pressure would that have to be to seriously affect the body? But I guess depending on how long the body was in there, I don't know. Four, the opening at the top of the water tank where Elisa was found was not small. Me and Brandon found we could easily fit through the opening. Perhaps a very obese person may not fit through, but otherwise any normally sized person, even one who is slightly plump in appearance, <laughs> would probably fit through that opening easily. Even if Elisa had been murdered first before her body was disposed in the tank, it would be possible to fit her body through the tank easily. Now that we have addressed some of our web friends' most pressing questions, uh, we shall go into our own inferences from the field work we accomplished today. 1. How did Elisa's body end up in the tank? A. She could have wanted to end her own life, climbed up the wooden ladder on the side of the tank, opened the lid, and jumped into the tank. Point of suspicion. If she did commit suicide, then it is very hard for her body to achieve the kind of position in which she was later found, i.e. head pointing downwards towards the tank base, feet pointing upwards towards the tank top. This is because when one tries to die by drowning, the body's instinct is to struggle to breathe, and thus the resulting body posture of a drowned person is normally head pointing towards the sky, feet pointing downwards. Now, this was, wasn't this the opposite yeah, of the what FBI the FBI said, stated? Yeah, that's weird. Well, and also the other guy that found her, right, the janitor? He well, was he's... She was floating straight. Wasn't she floating up? He saw her face. Yeah, on her back. She, he, she was floating on her back, and then the FBI said she was... Because he knew she was Asian somehow. Mm-hmm. And the mm. F, yeah, she was, uh, the official report said she was head down. Yeah, yeah head up. As, the as they're saying. 
He's the killer. Well, he's saying, <laughs> he's saying, oh, well, actually, he's talking about suicide, though. The FBI, when someone drowns, that's, in, that's an interesting distinction. If someone is drowned, like they get knocked out, they were already unconscious when they were in the water, would they be found head down? If they're drowning fully conscious, would they be found more of in a floating position because they're trying to go up? I don't know. I think it also depends on the amount of time they've been in the water. This is just his suppositions or inferences, as he calls them. B. Elisa committed suicide by jumping from the top of the attic or loft roof into the water tank opening. In actuality, this is not as easily done as our web friends might imagine. The thing is, there is a distance of about not more than two meters from the attic loft roof to the water tank, and the top of the water tank is not smooth and straight. There are gaps and openings in between. For a girl to attempt to do this is extremely difficult. This is my opinion after personally inspecting the place. C. Elisa's body was disposed of into the water tank by the perpetrator by climbing up the wooden ladder first. This is a more probable scenario because it's much easier to do this via going up the wooden ladder than from the roof of the attic loft building. It would also be easier to push the body into the tank slowly and surely by doing it this way. One man would be able to do this on his own. If it's a two-man job, it'd be very easily done. D. Elisa's body was lowered into the tank from the rooftop of the attic loft building. This is considerably difficult. It doesn't matter if the perpetrator tries to do this by first jumping off the attic loft building rooftop before disposing her body or by dumping her body straight down into the tank opening from the roof of the attic loft building. Quite impossible for one man to do this on his own, but may be possible if there were two men involved. From the above, we can surmise that one, it's easier to enter the water tank. Two, even easier to climb up the water tank from the wooden ladder leaning on it. Three, how did Elisa end up on the roof of the hotel? Okay, actually, it's even easier. Okay, next point. How did Elisa end up on the roof of the hotel? From our own field work today, we deduce that most people, those who are familiar with the place, would find it easy to go to the rooftop. All they need is guts to do this because from the things we saw on the roof, we can surmise that quite a number of people have gone up there before. From the graffiti, we can surmise that people go up there on a very regular basis. Well, that doesn't help because if it's the staff that have the key. There's video uh, of uh, somebody going there and supposedly an alarm is supposed to go off to the roof access door and an alarm does not go off. This is a recent video? Uh, I don't think it's recent. I think it's closer to. Was this the Chinese time. tourist? That, it might be. Yeah. Oh, it might be the same guy I'm reading. Oh, okay. Because this yeah, is the, he, the main guy. Yeah. Yeah, and then I think other people have said the same thing. Like the alarm doesn't go off. You could just go right up there. Hmm. But if it's locked. And it was never locked. But if if it's supposed to be locked, well, all I'm saying is the graffiti and the and the beer bottles. That doesn't mean it's just anybody. It could be hotel staff oh, yeah. that are regularly going up there. Yeah, yeah. That, so. Mm-hmm. Someone was drinking beer at the rooftop. Therefore, there are a few possibilities as to how Elisa ended up going to the roof. A, she could have gone up there by herself via the fire escape stairs. B, she could have gone up there with a member of the hotel staff. The hotel staff would have the keys necessary to unlock that locked door at the top of the flight of stairs inside the hotel, and the staff member would know how to disable the alarm. You're, so this might be a different person then that made that supposedly video because, yeah they just because walked. he didn't go up there to that at least not on this trip this guy he filmed it he went through the whole thing went up to the roof filmed inside the water tank he filmed the water tank this guy did also there's more than one person that did this investigation here's the thing though 
how do you know that it used to be locked all the time after the murder they just left it unlocked because people kept coming and go- i mean i don't i don't know maybe accidentally but we don't that doesn't 100% prove that at the time that she died it wasn't normally locked mm. and alarmed we don't know See, she could have followed someone up to the rooftop. This person she followed could have been a hotel member of staff or a guest at the hotel, leaning towards a guest who is very familiar with the place. Not sure why. Wait, was, was her phone in the tank also? No, they never found her phone, I don't believe. No, no, she lost her phone, right? She lost her phone. She never got it? It Was it in the tank? I'm not sure there was, no. Did I'm she, sure did she lose it the day of? Or? It was we like, talked about it. It was a, she, she, she actually it. wrote it on her um, Tumblr also. Yeah, that she lost her phone. It was uh, interesting. Okay. Like, it maybe, was a number of days or a week or even two. Uh, how weird week. would it be if like she was meeting the person that found the phone? Like, meet me on the roof or at the uh, hotel or something. I found your phone. Do you want your phone? Uh, but how, do, how would he get in contact with that's her? That's a good point. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Maybe post on Tumblr. Mm. Uh, mm. Well, of, she wouldn't go. It's uh, weird. She wouldn't go to the roof to meet a some stranger, but yeah, okay, probably not. D. Her dead body could have been carried by a member of the hotel staff up the hotel stairs, though the alarmed security door onto the rooftop. One man would easily be able to do this on his own, and two men would accomplish this very easily. E. Her dead body could have been carried by someone up the fire escape stairs onto the rooftop. It would be of considerable difficulty for one man, but not impossible, and for two men, it would be doable for sure. From the above info, we can surmise <laughs> any hotel staff or regular guest to the hotel can go up to the rooftop. One man can commit the crime and dispose of the body on his own. Two or more men can easily do this. It is more likely for Elisa to have ended up on the rooftop via the fire escape stairs, whether she was dead or alive at the time. It is far more likely for Elisa and her murderer to have gone up together alive to the rooftop via the fire escape stairs. He's really pushing that they went up the fire escape and not the door. But three, where would Elisa have been prior to going up to the rooftop? The CCTV footage is the last we see of Elisa's movements. From the footage, we see that she exits the elevator to the left. Thus, she might have, A, gone back to her own room via the hotel stairs by the elevator because the layout of the hotel is such that the stairs are open plan and unobscured from the guest rooms. A single girl may feel relatively daring enough to go down the stairs on her own even on a late night. B, go to a room on the 14th floor, whether she was forced to or willingly. C, gone to a room on the 15th floor, whether she was forced to or willingly. From our field work today, we know that it takes a maximum of 10 seconds to get to the 15th floor from the 14th floor via stairs. Thus, we cannot eliminate the possibility that she did go to the 15th floor. D, why posit a possible 13th floor? Because it isn't logical. We can already confirm that she was staying on the fourth floor of the hotel. So if she wanted to go downstairs or pretend to go downstairs, she wouldn't have gone up one floor, then took the elevator down to go downstairs. <laughs> e, she may have been on the 15th floor wanting to get into the lift. Someone on the 15th floor is trying to dissuade her or, or not allow her to go back to her room. She walks down to the 14th floor to take the lift. After that, the person on the 15th floor comes down the stairs to the 14th floor as well to find her. This is a possibility we cannot dismiss either. What do you guys think about that? Started on the 15th. She went to the 14th to take the elevator down and someone is stopping her or possibly. So the whole situation didn't necessarily start on the 14th floor. It could have started on the 15th floor. That's his point there. No thoughts. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. 
F, since there's a maximum of 10 meters between the elevators and both flights of stairs on either side and the floor heights are very low, going up and down the floors via stairs is a very convenient and fast method. It is very hard to deduce if the person she was seeing is living in the room on the right or left side of the elevator on the 14th floor. I personally measured the time it took for me to go to the stairs from where the 14th floor elevator was situated to where the 15th floor elevator was, and then went back down to where the 14th floor elevator was again. This did not take me more than one minute to accomplish. G. Elisa could have returned to her room on the fourth floor, got killed. The murderer then transported her body to the 15th floor. Time taken to do this shouldn't have taken any more than 10 minutes. If the perpetrator is a healthy, fit, and strong man, he may take as little as four to five minutes to do this. And then after that, he disposed of her body in the water tank. I shall not be discussing Elisa's behavior in the video here as I have already been extensive discussion of that prior to the post and I have already made my opinions clear regarding why she acted the way she did. I shall end this post here. I will post more if I have any more to say. Do take your time to pour through all of this information. Okay, so what do we think about this amateur Chinese investigator and this translation, which possibly might not be 100% accurate, but it gives us some good ideas of the layout of the hotel, the time taken to go from one floor to another, access to the roof, so basically, very possible for a one-man job, super easy for a two-man job. So does this really change anything, anybody's theories? Maxwell, what's your theory on this again? I forget, but I... I right <laughs> you now, forget your own theory? I, yeah. what, well, what's I your know, theory what, on what, what happened I, to Elisa Lamb? I don't know. I think she was probably killed up there, not brought up by stairs. Okay. Johnny? Because I don't want to... Like, I wouldn't want to inconvenience myself to dispose of a body going through... Unless you normally did so and were comfortable doing it, right? Uh, it's just too much work. I'd rather... Well, a serial killer, that's their job. <laughs> well, if I, you know, if I were to kill someone, I don't want to go upstairs. Like, I, I, I want to bring him up there alive and then kill him. So she must have been dead up there, not... I'm... It's a lot of... I'm I don't thinking, know the... I'm, ex thinking, I'm thinking for myself in reference to myself, so, like, I don't know. I just... I just too much work <laughs> johnny yeah i'm just on her blog right now uh, uh january 26th she posted i'm going out tonight i really hope no creeper comes near me seriously though those italian and mexican guys go after you strong show the slightest inclination and they hound you what yeah there's there's other posts and we'll, we'll be going over her social media accounts in a future episode where we'll go through everything she posted because there's some very very strange things much more bizarre than that get and out there's of here. the invisible light agency connections i don't know if we talked about that yet did invisible it? light agency <laughs> <laughs> all right anyway one more thing she wrote i wish i could put part of my brain into a taped shut box and shove it in the back of my closet for the night <laughs> A box. Is that similar oh, because to the box is that is that part of her mental room? illness coming out? Who said she has a mental illness? Oh, I don't know. What, was that was she diagnosed or no? Wasn't she diagnosed? Supposedly, or? she might have been bipolar, but, but she was. Wasn't she seen a psychiatrist? She had medication. She had medications. Yeah, but that doesn't. I'm thinking she's expressing her mental difficulties. If you don't believe in, in mental illness or something. So the last thing we'll go over on this episode is legendary inspector Dr. Henry Lee. So this is his interview, and talking about the Elisa Lambs case, he says, quote, this may not be a suicide, end quote. 
there has been widespread international publicity on Elisa Lam's mysterious case. On February 25th, 2013, our reporters from Nandu Daily got in touch with the legendary inspector, Dr. Henry Lee, nicknamed the Chinese Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> Dr. Lee has over 50 years of experience in law enforcement. He has worked on over 8,000 cases. Some of the cases he was involved with include the reinvestigation of John F. Kennedy's assassination, the Monica Lewinsky scandal, the John Bonet Ramsey case, and other famous cases. After his retirement, he set up the National Cold Case Center at the University of New Haven's Henry C. Lee Institute of Forensic Science. Dr. Henry Lee has been paying a lot of attention to the Elisa Lam case. Dr. Lee is an avid proponent of the principle, let the evidence speak for itself. In his telephone interview with us, he uses his expertise to analyze the Elisa Lam case. This may not be a suicide. Nandu, what are your views on the case? Henry Lee, as I am not directly involved in this investigation, I can only offer an analysis based on information given by various news reports. It has been reported that her dead body was found in a water tank, so there can only be two reasons for this. She ended up in the tank on her own, or someone murdered her. The manner of death is not the same as the cause of death. In America, there are five manners of death. Suicidal, homicidal, accidental, natural, or undetermined. And then there are about 30 causes of death, including drowning, poisoning, gunshot wound, stab wound, etc. This is why when a case like Elisa's occurs, the first thing to do would be to ascertain whether she died before she entered water or after. This is not difficult because her abdomen and lungs can be examined to see if water has entered them. And just talking about what we talked about before, I don't believe it was ever stated, right? We could not find it definitively stated. So they're not releasing this piece of information for whatever reason. Whether or not there was water in Correct. her lungs. Yeah. And then we'd know if she died while drowning or died before. Yeah. yeah. Her windpipe can be examined to see if the microorganisms inside are similar to the ones found in the tank. Etc. I'm not sure if this was ever done. Now, the second thing to do would be ascertain if she has any external or internal injuries. Then, the third thing would be to see if there are any traces of drugs, alcohol, medications, etc. left in her system. This was done, and we read that report. Once we have obtained the results of these examinations, we can evaluate and conclude this case. In the beginning, many media outlets speculated that Elisa committed suicide based on the circumstances, but this is not necessarily the case. Nandu asks, is it difficult to do all these medical examinations on her? Henry Lee, the process can be roughly broken down into three steps. The first step is the autopsy. This ascertains if she has any stab wounds, strangulation injuries, or gunshot wounds, if she has been beaten, knocked out, etc. This is usually very easy for the examiner to find out. Examining her abdomen and lungs for signs of water, this is also pretty straightforward. The second step, if Elisa has used any typical drugs or medications, this will be ascertained through the toxicology test, which is normally completed in one to two days. <laughs> but to test for more unusual poisons or drugs in her system would require very specialized drug analysis that will require her specimens to be sent to a select few laboratories worldwide. These are the only places in the world which can conduct such specialized drug testing. The third step would be to look at Elisa's past medical history, see if she has any prior mental illness, and making comparisons between x-rays taken before her death and after. In addition, the water tank will be examined. What is its height? Was it locked previously? Would she have been able to climb out the tank? Can we find her fingerprints in the tank? I heard it reported that her body was found naked. Is that true, or was she actually clothed? If she was found nude, then were there 
any of her personal items left behind between the time she left her room and just before she entered the tank. These questions will have to be answered by very experienced experts in the field. And a quick clarification there. Didn't one report state that her her belongings were taken to the basement for some reason? I mean, that's kind of weird. So yeah, somebody moved them. So were they moved? And so were they moved by her or by someone else? So someone else was trying to... Someone else was trying to clean up... Uh, well, yeah, because her room wasn't occupied anymore, right? And so she, she was supposed there. to check out. So did she yeah. make it to check out or did she? That's a pretty critical detail. We need to find that out. So let the evidence speak for itself. Do not jump to conclusions. Nandu, going by the information we have given by the media, do you have any opinions about what might have happened to Elisa? Henry Lee, it is very hard to rely on information found on the web. Even though the case has been published online and in newspapers, those involved in the investigation would normally prefer not to comment on the case because we know that the information given out in the media is not often accurate. I don't usually have any opinions on cases because I think it's more important to examine the evidence let the evidence speak for itself. It is very important to take an absolutely unbiased attitude when investigating a case. Us investigators cannot jump to conclusions. If it really isn't the case that Elisa was found nude as per reports on the internet, then of course that makes the circumstances of her death suspicious. If she committed suicide, then it will be necessary to see if she had left a suicide note. It is very easy to find out if she had left any suicide note. Some people said perhaps that she had gotten involved in a romantic situation that went wrong. All of these are just rumors. Without hard evidence, it is very difficult to make any conclusions. Nandu. So does that mean that it is dangerous to make hasty assumptions? Henry Lee. I believe we must go by hard evidence. The simplest thing to do is to wait for the investigating departments and the coroner's office to release their investigation and autopsy reports. These are all official documents, so they will be publicly released. After that, we can begin to analyze and review the case. In past investigations that I was involved in, it was apparent that even the most legit news sources can be biased and misleading. Needless to say, internet sources are worse. Nandu, there is surveillance footage of Elisa in an elevator. Are you aware of it? Henry Lee. Oh yes, that video. It only shows her in the elevator. The police have made a portion of the video public. I'm sure the police possess more video footage of her than that. We are also not certain at what time that video was taken. This is why it can be so misleading. We don't know if the police purposely released that video clip of her doing those actions. We don't know what the true intentions of the police were when they released that video. She was waiting for the elevator, but which floor was she on? For how long had she been loitering in and around the elevator? We just don't know the exact details. Solving a case is like putting together a jigsaw puzzle. Nandu, according to American media sources, initial autopsy findings showed she had no signs of trauma or injury. Henry Lee, even if she had no signs of trauma or injury, there are still other questions to be answered. Where did her clothes end up? Were her clothes and shoes in her room? Were they found next to the water tank? This aspect would be publicly reported straight away. If I were an investigator on the scene, the first thing I'd be looking for would be her clothes, bags, purses, headphones, etc. These are personal items that modern girls usually have on them. So where are they? The surveillance footage taken of her already tells us that she was wearing what she was wearing on that day. So the first step must be to find these personal items of hers. After that, we need to look at whether she left any suicide notes in her room, whether there are any signs of a struggle that took place in her room, whether there are any cups, beer, wine, spirits, bottles, or miscellaneous items left behind in her room. If beer, wine, spirits, bottles are found in her room, then laboratory tests will be conducted on any traces left behind in the bottle. If there are any cups found in her room, then it is much easier. Laboratory tests will be conducted on 
any traces left behind on the cups and the results would be compared with what can be found in her body. Also, we can find out from her hand phone, I guess that's a translation from cell phone, who were the last people she spoke to on the phone. I guess he didn't know that she lost her phone. Or even if she did lose her phone, it's still probably pretty important to know who the last calls were. And apparently she had a laptop, too. I wonder if that, that was, was found. found in the basement or no. Oh, I don't know if it was found. I'm just saying, like, from based off of her blog, she wrote something like, my laptop screen is brighter than my future. So she definitely had a laptop. Mm, that's, that's a dark statement. <laughs> Unless she had really good brightness on it, like eye-popping <laughs> painful brightness, then it's not as bad. Well I'm, well, I'm just saying, like, she said her laptop screen, so she had a laptop besides her well, phone. She's saying, yeah. she's saying that her her screen is really low. I don't know. Her screen is normal, and her and she doesn't think her future is right. Regardless, the elevator footage should also tell the time and date of when the footage was recorded. It is imperative to form a detailed timeline of events starting from the day she was last seen alive. For this sort of case, this would require a lot of witnesses, soft and hard evidence, and they have to be pieced together like a jigsaw puzzle. At present, all we have to go on is information available from media outlets and online. For this reason, I am very reluctant to comment too much on this case. Nandu. The Cecil Hotel has been the scene of many crimes. What is your opinion on this? Henry Lee. The area around the hotel is not very safe, but that in, it, in itself doesn't prove she was murdered. It is very important to see if her body has any injuries, if there are any signs of sexual assault, and to find out why her body ended up in that water tank. Is it because the perpetrator didn't want to be found out? If the web reports are indeed true, if her body was really found to be naked, then of course her death becomes very suspicious and it would be imperative to find her clothes, whether they have been ripped or shredded. If there are any traces of mud, bodily fluid, hairs, etc. on them. Nandu, did the LAPD invite you to assist with the case? Henry Lee, no. I have retired many times before. I am already out of the game. I am still involved in work at the National Cold Case Center at the University of New Haven. If the Elisa Lam case remains unsolved for a long time, then it will be passed on to the National Cold Case Center, and we will assist in any way we can to solve this case. In America, over 30% of cases so far have remained unsolved. There are on average 6,000 to 7,000 cases to solve every year. He better jump on Maura Murray. Yeah. In addition, there are 20,000 to 30,000 sexual offense cases that remain unsolved as yet. So many cases go unsolved because of insufficient clues, and they become cold cases, unsolved cases. Now that I'm already retired, my National Cold Case Center assists police forces worldwide, particularly the American police force, and we specialize in solving cold cases. If the LAPD does eventually announce they are unable to solve this case and ask for assistance from the National Cold Case Center, then we will assist. America is made up of many jurisdictions. It is not up to me to decide whether I will be investigating a particular case no matter how much I wish to. So important uh, important note, technically a lot of these cases are solved, are marked solved because if it's suicide and it's not really suicide, they just want to clear the case police most times because if they can't solve it, it just looks bad to have that many open cases. Or in a certain percentage, we don't know which percentage, if a police officer was involved or knew someone who was involved and it's an actual conspiracy or cover-up, they'd want it marked they'd suicide. It, yeah. yeah, they want it marked and closed or have a scapegoat. So it's solved? I like that guy. Yeah, they have marked it as, I think, accidental drowning or whatever, or, or intentional drowning. Or so now he could go and do it, right? This guy, he could uh, go and investigate? Wait, what do you or mean? he it's has to be a... asked to. Well, he said if it's an open cold case, the Elisa oh, Lamb case. Oh, it's it's closed, so it's done. They it's... closed the case. 
That's what I thought, like based off of the uh, autopsy. So what's whatever the, they what said. What was the conclusion? I think what he said there was accidental drowning. So they're going with the the, the uh, OCD. Or yeah, I guess because they listed all those bipolar, mental. Bipolar, well, we also I talked about this once. There was also the wrongful death lawsuit by her parents. Claim that they claim that ho- the hotel failed to inspect and seek out hazards in the hotel that presented an unreasonable risk of danger to Lamb and other hotel guests, and seeking unspecified damages. Okay, the hotel argued that it could not have reasonably foreseen that Lamb might have entered the water tanks, and that since it remained unknown how Lamb got to the water tank, no liability could be assigned for failing to present that, and that lawsuit was dismissed in 2015. I mean, that kind of makes sense, though. Like, if it clearly says you can't go up there. So the official cause of death is drowning. Hmm. They also, I don't believe they ever named the employee that last saw her. So on January 31st, that's when she was last seen alive by an employee of the hotel. When she was going to, like, the bookstore or something? The, yeah, and then the bookstore lady saw her. We went over all that. So the official cause of death was listed as accidental, but this was changed because, hmm, let me just, this is from Snopes, actually. In June 2013, Lieutenant Fred Corral of the Los Angeles County Coroner's Office Investigations Division confirmed Elisa Lamb's cause of death was accidental with bipolar disorder as a significant condition. The location of Lamb's body inside a hard-to-access water tank and her odd behavior were among mysteries not resolved when the forensic investigation was completed. Those tests results were initially expected to take six to eight weeks to complete, but coroner's spokesperson Ed Winter said in response to queries that the office was still awaiting complete testing results. Coral said no other information on the cause of death or condition of the woman's body was being released. So you still don't know. So law enforcement officials had been careful to say that the death could be accidental, despite widespread public suspicions of foul play. So basically they're saying they're not going to release it. They're not going to release any further information. Wow. That's kind of strange, don't you think so? Yeah. That's so weird. Like pretty much any other case. When was that written? So this is Snopes, and that statement was June 2013. Okay. So, pretty much in any other case, it is released. Nope, water in the lungs, boom, boom. Like it's it's, and the the, the autopsy report isn't changed from unknown cause of death, many month delay, change it back, like it was changed, changed back, changed back again. That's funny business going on. How often does that happen? Hmm. How often? Like it's like it's like Maura Murray. How often in a missing persons case is the last known footage not released? Like, it's weird. It's just weird. So, that was another episode of the Elisa Lamb case. We have plenty more to come with plenty more bombshells. If you like our podcast, you can donate to our PayPal and uh, check out our social media sites, Twitter, Facebook, Reddit. And don't forget to subscribe and click like if you like the podcast and this episode. This is Bruce McGuire signing off. And Maxwell Powers. And Johnny Mills. See you guys next time.